At this time, uh, I'm going to invite up a couple individuals uh, who you may or may not know, depending on how long you've been a part of our Fieldstone family. This is Oren and Lauren Wilcox. They were actually our very first missionaries that we sponsored as a church. And uh, kind of cool, Oren was just in that mode of fundraising. Those of you who have fundraised for a short-term or long-term thing know um, it's not the easiest thing in the world. I hate doing it, so I, I certainly, uh, lots of props to those who uh, have it as a major part of their life. But Oren was just kind of connecting with different churches and kind of called us out of the blue and said, hey, my name's Oren. Uh, here's what we're doing. And, and just, uh, we really fell in love with their calling and what God was doing in their lives and um, and all that, and so we, we took them on as our first missionaries. And they'll kind of give you an update and everything, but uh, their mission ultimately from a couple years ago was to get into Nicaragua and do some serving there. Um, but then uh, as they were doing their Spanish immersion training in Costa Rica, COVID hit, and so everything kind of got put on hold. So the last year and a half have been very different than what they anticipated if you had talked to them a couple years ago. But they'll, they'll tell you more about that, but we just want to welcome them. They're going to kind of update us today and, and uh, uh, challenge us a little bit along the way. So let's give Oren and Lauren a hand. Well, we have notes today. Because well, we were telling Pastor Justin, we haven't, like, we might be a little rusty. Please don't judge us too harshly. Um, because really since COVID, I think that we've been in, like, three churches. <laughs> and so, like, we kind of had our spiel down. Thanks. I See? I don't even know how to use a mic anymore. Um, but we kind of just, like, had it memorized. Like, you know, we presented to so many different churches and groups. It was, like, all we had, like, we could tell you our plan and our sleep. And then our plans changed. And now we're, like, oh, we should probably practice and run through. Like, we're newbies all over again. Um, so we're Lauren. I, I'm Lauren. He's Oren. And um, we are missionaries to Nicaragua. We work with a group called Familia Avance Nicaragua, which is a international NGO um, focused on church planting. So we have 13 Nicaraguan church plants in Nicaragua and um, several other uh, mission, I'm telling you, it's going to be rough, (laughs) ministries, that's the word we're looking for, um, such as a school, soccer programs, we were on soccer camps, and um, an international school or Nicaraguan school and we, our project focus is Rancho Nicaragua, which is a sustainable farm and camp. And um, on the back little round table, we've got newly printed cards. Um, we look like we're freezing on the back. We don't look like we're in Nicaragua because we're up by Lake Erie, which was cold when we took these pictures. So we're going to try to update that with a warm photo, warmer looking photo. But... Um, So we, the last time we were here was, I think, summer of 2018, which sort of feels like a really long time ago. Forever ago, yeah. Um, And when we were here, we we had a different plan than we do now. It's slightly shifted, but we were getting ready to launch into um, language school in Costa Rica. So at the very beginning of 2019, um, we moved to San Jose, Costa Rica for a language school, and we just... Um, spent a year there, and Orrin's going to tell you a little bit about that. But as we were leaving, um, our mentor through camp ministry up at Camp Patmos, Dave Sellers, 
he and his son Carden drove us to the airport. And um, before we got on our flight, he prayed with us and he prayed over us the scripture, Joshua 1 9, many of you I'm sure are familiar with, but it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And at this point, I'm like sobbing because we don't know what's going, you know, we, we don't know what we're walking into. We hadn't been to Costa Rica at all yet. And it was um, just like a time of great anticipation. And when we got there that night, we got settled into our apartment. And they, the Language Institute kind of sets up these apartments for you. And they have landlords they work with. So they work a lot with the students. And on Bo's bedroom door, in Spanish, this verse was written like on a plaque. And I think that that was just such a neat... I guess, reassurance as his mom that, like, the Lord is going to be with us wherever we are. And then we've kind of carried that back with us because we thought by now we would be in Nicaragua and the world has totally changed. So um, that's just kind of a fun little, I guess, um, memory that we have of that time and just assurance that the Lord is with us and, like, he didn't forget about us and he didn't ditch us even though COVID kind of threw off our plans. Yeah, it was really neat to just see how, you know, even though we can get bogged down in the current current circumstances, it's cool to have those reminders of, like, we get to Costa Rica, where it's a long, been a long day of travel, all of these things, yet God was there before us. Like, our landlord wasn't terribly, like, religious in any way. Um, it was somebody else who had been in that admission, who had been in the apartment, who decided to put the, uh, you know, that little sign on the door. It had nothing to do, you know, with our landlord or anything. So it's just neat to see how God orchestrates that. And had Dave, had Dave chose to say anything different, you know, it's like all of the little pieces start to fall together. And then it's really neat when you can look back on your life and just think all of these pieces had to fit together this way for us to get where we are, for God to work how he's working, and we know that, that he is good and he does these things um, for us and through us. So we spent uh, 11 months in Costa Rica, which, I mean, like, we were like, you could do language school in, in Nicaragua, and our mentor missionaries were like, no, 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 you definitely need to go to Costa Rica. It'll keep you away from, like, the ministry so that you won't get kind of, like, pulled in and you can really focus and at first I was like, I don't know about that. That seems to be like, surely I can like have enough self-discipline to not get involved in ministry. And then once we were in uh, language school, you start to realize how difficult it was uh, to not be involved with our local ch church more than, you know, just attending and, and doing a few other things. And, but I mean, also it was Costa Rica, right? So who's going to complain about spending 11 months in Costa Rica? It was pretty awesome. Like the views are amazing. The weather's perfect. Where we were, it was between 75 and 85 all year round. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's right. Like it was, it was good. Um, and we're thankful that it was, everything was really good because learning that second language is extremely difficult. Definitely one of the hard, most difficult things I've ever done in my entire life. Uh, I would have for sure said, you know, when I was taking public speaking classes in college and all of those things, that public speaking was probably going to be that. And I think it was for a while. But then I did language school and I was like, oh, my word, like my brain hurts every single night. It's like, you know how you feel like you work out 
and maybe two or three days later, you wake up and you're just like, muscles are sore that I didn't even know I had. Like, everything hurts. That was my brain. Like, our brains felt like that constantly. And you would go to sleep and you would just dream about, like, Spanish verbs and conjugating them. And I didn't even know what that was. I was like, I don't know how to do this in English. Like, but somehow I'm learning in Spanish, right? Like, it's amazing how much of my English, sorry for all you English teachers, but it's amazing how much of it, like, I probably picked up on, but I definitely didn't have the grades to reflect it in middle school. Uh, but then how much of it came back, you know, once, once we were learning another language and how important it is for all of you children out here, how important it is that you pay attention in your grammar classes in your English classes, and you try to do your best because it will make learning another language way easier. At least that's what I'm told. I don't know. I was really bad <laughs> in school, so this, this time around went a lot better. But it was difficult. Um, we did get plugged into a great church there. Um, we had some recommendations from a friend who was like, ah, it's way far away from the school. You guys will never go there. Like People tell us all the time when they go to language school that they're going to go to our church that, you know, that we help start and all of these things. And for me, that was like, well, challenge accepted. I'm for sure going to prove you wrong, and I'm going to go to this church. And we did. I mean, we visited a few churches before that were closer to the school, um, and we actually had to take a taxi to this one. And I, we were so thankful we did, honestly. It was such a good, solid church. Um, the pastor and I are close friends now, and truly without them, it would have been even more difficult to do our language school. Like it was really nice to have those that close connection with with friends, um, and just build a church family there. Yeah, they're super patient and understanding with your terrible Spanish. And I, I don't know how we connected. It had to be like the Holy Spirit, right? Like working, yeah, like working between us because I know that my Spanish was not good, but we always got like. We got the point across, and it seemed like everybody understood each other, and we left away smiling. You know, we didn't, like, leave frustrated at each other. Well, at least I didn't. I don't think Pastor did either. Um, another thing we got to do while we were in Costa Rica is I got to lead a project with EMI, which is Engineering Ministries International. Um, they're a great, great group. They help us. Uh, they helped us. We went to Nicaragua with them. We went to Rancho Nicaragua, and we got to site plan with them. They came and looked at the site which really looks, you know, kind of like the surrounding fields. Uh, like there's uh, one building and there's a there's like an outhouse and that's that's basically it on Rancho Nicaragua currently, besides like the farm and the cattle. And they came and they just saw a blank canvas and it's, you know, it's kind of on a, it's in a, in a mountain and they helped us plan the whole thing. And man, these guys really hit out of the park and it was by the end of the week that they were like, you know, I'm, I'm checking in because I led the trip just, to, hey, how'd it go? Like, I don't have any idea. Like, I've never led a trip like this. How'd everything go? And they said, you know, it went, it went really well. Um, and we actually got a lot more done than usual because most of the time, uh, clients that we work with hire us in from start to finish, and they don't, they don't know a lot of the building process. Um, and that's, that's more my background is remodeling and construction. So it was cool for them to be able to bounce ideas off me and be like, yeah, I think this will work. Or, you know, what do you think about this idea? Or what do you think about this? And they say usually they spend the next like five or six weeks kind of through phone calls and meetings trying to hammer out all these details. But since I was on site and I had a pretty good idea of what we wanted to do, we were able to do it all in, uh, in about a week's time. So it was really neat. And, you know, all of these things you guys are definitely a part of through, uh, through supporting us. And it's... You know, it's, I just want you guys to understand that it's really cool to, you know, through us, you guys are getting to bless these people in Nicaragua, and you're getting to bless the relationships we form in Costa Rica, and the gospel is, is get, being proclaimed through that.
Okay, so we uh, returned from language school in December of 2019, and uh, we got back the week right, right before Christmas, and so we hit the road again at the end of January, so we really were only in Ohio maybe five weeks, I think, um, maybe less than that, before we started support raising because our plan was to return to Nicaragua in June of 2020. Um, as you all know, that plan came to a screeching halt. Um, so it was just super interesting. We were out on the road, and we had heard little rumblings of, like, a coronavirus, a pandemic. Um, I don't think anybody was calling it a pandemic yet while we were... But we don't... When we travel, we don't, like, turn on the news in the hotel and stuff. Like, we have an 8-year-old. We don't need to scare him. <laughs> um, so we just kind of don't. So in our minds, this was still kind of just like a flu, and it was going to pass. And then we got back... Um, like the second week of March to Ohio, and we um, arrived at a church in our hometown, and all of a sudden, like, everything stopped, and we were having a prayer meeting about the pandemic, and they were telling us all these reports coming out of Europe, and we were kind of like, wow, we, I think we might have missed a memo, like, this has gotten really serious, like, last time we knew, it was kind of just like a little bit of a flu, and I'm always like, a fanatic when it comes to avoiding the flu. So I was like, well, this is like, I've been preparing for this my whole life. I got sanitizer, I got wipes, like we're washing our hands, we're not touching anything. Like I can't tell you how many times I tell my kid, put that down, stop touching that, don't lick that. Things I don't, <laughs> I never knew I would have to say to a child. I'm like, why are you putting that random thing from the store in your mouth? Anyway, so we, then within the next week, um, Ohio was completely shut down. We were staying with our, my in-laws, Orrin's family, and they have three teenagers. They were home from school. Everybody was home. So that was a little piece we didn't see coming, like all of us um, in the same house. And so it was just kind of like doing our best to make it fun while we're kind of, you know, churches are canceling, everything's um, changing and it was just, you know, I'm sure every person in here has a story of how the pandemic has affected them, but um, definitely threw off, threw off our plans, but that's okay. Yeah, it sure did. Um, and there's, you know, it's really cool to just see how God has worked through all this and used the pandemic in so many people's lives to just kind of slow us down and to make us reevaluate what's important. And it just gave us that kind of like breathing room really is how I, I looked at it after the initial, you know, part of it. Um, we spent, you know, the last, yeah, 18 months pretty much just reevaluating what we're doing, what we want to be doing, what God is leading us to do, and how, what he's doing in Nicaragua. And one of the, you know, one of the original parts of what we were going to be doing was uh, helping more facilitate camp, also along with the sustainable ag part of Ranch in Nicaragua. And we were going to be doing both those things. Uh, living there full time was the plan and all of that. And during, during all of this, during the last 18 months or so, um, and really before that, a guy, Marcelo, we mentioned the last time, he's a really great guy. He's a Nicaraguan. And he, he was already leading the camps. And then he just kept doing more and more with the camp, more and more with the ranch. He was already taking care of the livestock and uh, and keeping up on them and, and like implementing new, new ideas on the sustainable ag side and all of this stuff. And he just has naturally like progressed more into the, 
that role. So we're not looking to be directors. Like we're not looking to be co-directors or anything like that. Marcelo's got it, got it handled, and it's really neat to see how God's been, how God's been preparing him for this job. And he he's doing a great job, and I'm definitely not going to be you know pushing him aside or anything. I think he's doing great. That's our plan. Our plan is always to work ourselves out of a job. So Marcelo's a Nicaraguan. He can reach Nicaraguans better than I can on you know on the daily, and he's doing a great job at it. So he's he's uh, he's going to be the camp director and keep keep all of that going. Um, and the reason we we're here for 18 months is, most, like most countries, Nicaragua shut its doors pretty early on. They're still closed. Um, you have to have a negative, at least as of just a few weeks ago, you still had to have a negative test to leave the country. So if you had a positive test, you had to stay in the, in the hotel near the airport for two weeks. And, you know, of course, all of that's out of pocket. And that just really, like, limits traveling there at all. Um, yeah, so our fundraising stopped during, uh, during the pandemic, which was like the, one of the reasons we came back to the U.S. after language school was to do fundraising, right? So we're like, okay, like what do we do now, God? How can you use us? Um, so we just were praying like, okay, well, we're not fundraising. We're not going to churches because you're not, you know, not allowed to do anything. So what can we do? Well, you know, uh, con like construction workers were considered essential. So I was like, okay, well, that's my trade, so I can probably figure out something. Um, and my mom knew an investor who bought a house. <clears throat> Excuse me. The general contractor had left, and she was like, we're in a pickle. We need somebody to do this job. And, I, you know, Lauren and I were talking about it, and we thought this would be a great way to fundraise. Not, like, traditionally fundraise, but, you know, we get paid from the contractor, and we just send money to Nicaragua. Like, totally not what we were going for, not our ideal situation, but God used that. So we were able to support projects at Rancho Nicaragua through that, and I thought, wow, that's really just a – out-of-the-box thing that I never would have thought of pre, you know, pre-COVID. So it was really cool to see how that worked. Um, and it just, it worked out really well. Um, yeah. So, and because of all, all of this, you know, the needs have changed in Nicaragua. The, our roles have changed as missionaries. Um, and definitely we're going to be uh, stateside fundraising missionaries more so. Uh, we'll be leading missions trips to Nicaragua still. That's a huge part of our ministry. Um, they usually have a team or more come down every month. So that's still something we'll be involved in. Any of our churches that support us, uh, they, if they want to go, like, we'll definitely facilitate a missions trip and do that. Still doing building projects, but now we're also doing like all kinds of things. So Wade and Shannon are the directors of the organization we're with, and it's medical missions, uh, education, vacation Bible schools. I mean, if you sports ministries, if there's a thing that you like to do, and you feel like God is, is, can use you in that way, we probably have that thing. So we do all kinds of different things. And that's a, that's a big part of what we're doing now. And Lauren's going to fill you in on some more. Um, yeah, so as Orrin said, we're um, going to be helping facilitate um, in-person missions trips. But one of the kind of out-of-the-box things that we're starting to do um, is virtual missions trips, and that, again, is kind of in response to COVID, in response to us not being able to get teams in. We thought we were going to be able to take a team down in September, um, but as Orrin mentioned, it's just like the, the regulations are changing, like, sometimes daily as far as things that are required. They can change while you're in country, and then you've got a team down there, like, maybe doesn't have their documentation that they need and all sorts of things. So 
Um, we're, our whole team is working on a virtual missions trip project, and they've done a few, and I have kind of some ideas as to like how to make them maybe run a little more smoothly. So that's something that I personally have been working on. And again, like this is like a result of the pandemic up till now. I would have never thought about like content creation for missions, but that's ultimately what we're kind of trying to do here um, because normally the NGO that we have is funded through missions trips. We're very transparent about that. It's part of the sustainability model. But as people are not able to come down, then obviously neither is the funding that keeps us legal in the country, um, keeps the churches legal, handles all the pastors and staff and seminary students legal paperwork, um, as well as the medical center and the school and everything. So they're vitally important. And so we're kind of trying to be creative and find a way that is like sustainable in this season of the pandemic and its after effects to continue um, you know, just being able to support the ministry in Nicaragua. And um, also, as the ministry grows, like we've been with Familia Avance now, formally, I guess, for four years, and the ministry has really grown even since we came on. And um, the original founders were there 18 years ago, so the organization's big, the church plants are getting larger, and there's a lot more happening. And so... Our, one of our projects now is to really kind of become, I guess, like Oren said, directors of communication. I said, that sounds really formal, but um, in North America and to kind of um, have the message like cohesive, like all the church plants have different projects and are, you know, funded or not funded, are ran by fantastic pastors and staff that we're, so I guess my heart in this is that during this time of like strange pandem pandemania that we are able to kind of bridge that connection from here to our brothers and sisters in Christ in Nicaragua and represent the ministry as clearly as we can and keep people connected so that when the doors open back up, um, you know, it's not like we've lost a ton of ground or that people kind of um, forgot about us, not in a negative way, but it's just kind of, you know, the world is crazy right now. You're kind of getting bombarded with information all the time. And so just trying to really clearly communicate um, what we're doing, what the needs are, and ultimately to support the church planters there so that they can reach the people of Nicaragua with the gospel of Christ, because that's what we're here for. And um, so it's just kind of neat that the Lord is really kind of... <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, not a super tech-savvy person, so I'm, like, really learning, like, the hard way here as we go. Like, I typically have really heavily relied on a friend of mine who's also a missionary um, to kind of help us with all of our digital marketing and social media content and everything. And I think it's, like, time for us to, like, spread our little wings and fly on our own a little bit now. And so this is an area where I'm personally having to lean into the Lord quite a bit because I am creative, but like my skill sets are like still very much uh, being developed, we'll say. And so, um, it, but it's really a kind of a cool area to have to be creative, or I guess we get to be creative mm -hmm. and um, really just communicate clearly our mission, our goal in Nicaragua, which is always... Um, to further the kingdom of God. So. Yeah, 
definitely. Um, and it's neat to just see how, you know, Familia Vance is growing and it's doing all of these things. And now they're at a point where, you know, they're doing more building projects and they need more of that done and they need some funds to do that. And we want to help out, help them out in that way. Um, Ranch in Nicaragua, we got, with EMI, we got all of our architectural drawings done. So they're going to send us a big packet of everything that we have. And we'd love to send you guys some copies up here so you can see what's going on. But they got it done, and it's like, whoa, this is crazy cool. Like the potential for the camp, it's you know, it's 42 acres, and which isn't crazy huge, but it's really neat because it's in the mountains. So we can do all kinds of different things. Um, and on the sustainable ag agriculture part of it is really neat because we want to be able to develop more techniques there that locals can take to their own communities and do in their communities. So we can give them the education part of it, that little piece of knowledge that they need to be able to do more with the land that they have to better provide for their families and their other their neighbors and their community. Um, we don't want to just like hand out everything. Um, you know, we don't, because that's, that's a really, it meets an immediate need and we did that. When Nicaragua was in civil war, we definitely partnered with organizations to meet the immediate need that needed met. And now we're trying to think more long-term, like how can we how can we help everyone long-term? We know that we can't possibly, you know, f f you know, feed everyone in Nicaragua or financially help everyone in Nicaragua, but it's like, what can we do to meet that need? Well, we could, we could educate people in better techniques on how to produce more with the land they already have or how to start a community garden or something like that. Um, we've seen a lot of success from other churches here in the U.S. doing that in their communities here in the U.S. And I thought, well, it seems like that would be a perfect fit for Nicaragua. So we're going to keep going down that road. Um, some of our uh, prayer requests right now would be for Rancho and for the camps they're having. They're having a leadership camp here shortly, so that's uh, pretty exciting. Um, they hold events throughout the year. Um, usually the kids' camp is in the our winter time, so like January, February. Um and if you guys could uh, pray for Lauren's dad, he has, he's got a heart condition that he's supposed to be getting taken care of, but it seems like it, it's coming up and down, and you know we're a little nervous about that. Um, obviously, for our support, as we continue to raise our own personal support and for projects, um, there's uh, we've got $1,200 for Lauren's marketing or uh, a media creation class. And then uh, $10,000 for a generator at a camp in Nicaragua. Last year, we, uh, we had to move camps. We have a south camp and a north camp. The south camp, the camp was supposed to be at Rancho Nicaragua, the north part, but it, uh, Nicaragua lost power in that whole area. So we had to cancel camp last minute, move it south. It was a big ordeal. Luckily, Marcelo uh, was able to get a team of guys together and figure it out and get everything moved and, you know, but we don't, we don't really want to do that last minute like every time. So we're looking to get possibly a generator. Um, and the need for or the cost on that is uh, $10,000. And that would be a super big help for camp. And, I mean, here I, growing up, I think I remember the power going out maybe five times my entire life, right? In Nicaragua, it's like, I wouldn't, maybe daily. Yeah, it's pretty often. And... It's just if we could do this, it would just alleviate some of the stress from Marcelo and all the other volunteers and staff and campers and all of that. So there wouldn't be a worry of any of that happening. It would just, yeah, of the food spoiling that they have purchased for camp or anything else. It would really just smooth out the operation there. And as we start uh, traveling again, we're looking for a camper and an RV 
or a camper and a, and, a, and a truck to pull it. So, you know, if you guys know anybody, please let us know, or if you want to donate to that, that would be great. Um, but in Joshua 1.9, as we read, that it was really neat to see how even though, like, Israel didn't follow God when he said to, he still was there to provide for them, and he still took them into the promised land. And I always find encouragement in that when I'm like, mm, okay, well, that didn't go as I wanted it to, or that wasn't like what I should, what I maybe what I should have been doing, or I didn't follow God's leading, and I think I should have. And just to know that, you know, God is always in front of us. He's always planning. He's always there. We just have to trust Him and make the choice to follow Him daily. And just want to thank you guys for your support, for your partnership with us. Um, it's been a crazy time, and we've all been in it together. And I'm just going to pray that God will continue to bless the church, bless you guys, and bless the upcoming summer. Thanks again. Well, thanks, guys, for sharing. Yeah, you can just stick it right there. Um, I know one part of their story that they didn't really share. Um, oh, Lauren, I know what your major. Lauren, what was your major in college? Business, business management, and then Orange was engineering. Um, and so, uh, what's that? Oh, that's all right. But uh, one of the things about these guys that I, I really fell in love with was they were on a track that many of us have been on. There's nothing wrong with the track where they were going to be just fine, right? You talk about an engineering degree, you talk about business management, two very smart uh, individuals good with people, they were going to be just fine. And they decided to follow a call that put them in a position, instead of being just fine, to a position where, oh my goodness, God has to show up or we're in trouble. And that's a very unusual decision that's made, especially when you're chasing the American dream. Now, nothing wrong with being an engineer, nothing wrong with business management. That's not where we're going. What I'm saying is, um, it's a very special couple. It's a very special thing when you are pursuing one thing that's going to lead you uh, in a very safe uh, direction and change course and follow God's call to go do something that puts you at risk, puts you in a very uh, in a situation where you just don't know the answers. And so uh, that's what I've really appreciated about those guys and, and what they're doing. So be, for sure, they're, they're going to hang around. If you have additional questions for them, I know there's other things that uh, kind of go into some of the things that they're doing. Be sure to stick around and ask them questions. They have their prayer cards back on the table there by the garage door. Um, and follow them along. And, and we support them as a church, but if you are feeling called to support them as an individual or as a family, whether it's consistently or some of the special projects that Oren mentioned, um, be sure to check into that and follow those guys. That, that You can follow their Facebook, some of their social media stuff they're doing to keep updated on where they're at, what they're doing. And you can be sure that at some point as things open up, we're going to stand up here in front of you and say, hey, Orin and Lauren are taking us to Nicaragua. Who wants to go? So be ready for that. Uh, that is coming uh, at some point uh, when things open up and, and get a little bit less crazy when it comes to being in and out of the country. Um, so uh, along with that, before we wrap up, if you want to go to fieldstonechurch.org slash our story, fieldstonechurch.org slash our story, uh, the bottom of that page lists all of our different local and inter international partners that we have from 
Compassion Ministry and Hope Clinic here local in Milan and Ipsy to Safe Families for Children, which is a, a recent partnership that we started just this past year. You can go to that page and just find some of those links and read up on who it is that we're actually partnered with and, and uh, where we're able to, to be a part of things both locally and globally beyond just the four corners of this property. So that's all we've got. Um, if you, uh, we've been talking about our dream team and getting involved in ministry around here, especially as we head towards the fall. Um, uh, Joe uh, is going to be up here. If you have questions about serving in our kids' ministry specifically, please come find Joe, and he's going to answer questions for you. Um, and we're going to have people from our kids' ministry available um, every Sunday throughout the summer if you have questions or are interested in checking out what it looks like to serve in that ministry. This week, it's Joe. Next week, it'll be someone really nice, and so if you're not feeling it today, it's all good. No, uh, let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll wrap up for the day. Father, we thank you for uh, this place, this church that you've allowed us to all be a part of. Thank you for a beautiful Sunday that we can gather outside. God, thanks for this facility that we can have a little bit of shade and, and do this. Um, God, thanks for Orrin and Lauren and, and for little Bo. Thanks for the chance to partner with them. God, thank you for a missionary tradition that now goes back 2,000 years of people who are raised up, uh, sent out to do your work, to come back and allow us to celebrate with them. God, it's something that you started a long time ago. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of it in some small way. Continue to bless their family, protect them, provide for them. God, every little detail of their work, we pray that you would show up in mighty ways, miraculous ways, and just allow us the opportunity to celebrate with them. Father, we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. If your kids are over there, please go and uh, pick them up there as you would if they were inside. Thank you very much.